Monday night, May 6th at the Hyatt Regency in San Francisco. You're invited to join athletes and celebs at the Bay Area Sports Hall of Fame Enshrinement Dinner. Be there to celebrate this year's class featuring Olympic swimmer Jenny Thompson, San Jose Earthquakes legend Chris Wondolowski, Niners Super Bowl hero John Taylor, Sharks icon Patrick Marlowe, and the architect of the Giants dynasty, Brian Sabian. Be a part of this star-studded evening benefiting Special Olympics Northern California. To purchase tickets, visit Bayshoff.org. That's B-A-S-H-O-F.org. You're listening to Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. Now, here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, good morning, everyone. Ted Ramey with you here on Morning Tide. Hope everyone is uh, still staying happy and staying healthy in their shelter in place as we all wait for the world to resume some sense of normalcy. Before we go any further, I just wanted to uh, express my sympathies and my thoughts going to the family of Colby Cave, uh, just tragic news out of the hockey world and what has already been a very, very uh, tragic time in the world. You add another tragedy on top of it with a young man, you know, just 25 years old, getting a brain bleed out of the blue and then passing away a short few days later. Again, just tragic news and the last thing that you ever want to see. You just want to see people live their lives, be happy, be healthy, be able to do the things they want to do. And now we are Another one fewer in terms of quality people and quality hockey players. And as you all know, the hockey world is a tight-knit group. All the animosity and such seems to remain only on the ice. Once they're off the ice, it's all one big family, and this one definitely hurt the hockey world. So again, um, just sending my best to the family and friends of Colby Cave and hoping they can move on from what is surely a difficult and devastating part of their lives. To take care of some business surrounding the Sharks and to keep you abreast of what's going on, we do have Classic Sharks broadcast coming up on NBC Sports California uh, tonight, Monday the 13th. It's the Sharks at the Oilers from Game 1 of their Western Conference Playoff Series. Melko Carlson scoring a game winner in overtime. And then on Thursday, it's going to be Sharks and Hurricanes. This is from December 7th, 2017. Brent Burns uh, with the game winner, 22 seconds into overtime. And we've also got upcoming games with Dan Rusinowski, Classic Sharks broadcast, coming up on Tuesday, the 14th of April. It's from March 29th, 1994, the Sharks taking on Winnipeg. Then on Wednesday, the 15th, this is going to be from November 14th, 1991, the first ever meeting between the Sharks and the Red Wings. On Friday, the 17th, it's the Sharks taking on the Las Vegas Golden Knights, game one of last year's legendary playoff series. And then Saturday night, it is April 18th, 2019, the Sharks taking on Las Vegas, their game five win as they begin their 3-1 deficit to come back in that series. Another one I wanted to make sure that you guys were all aware of was a video that NBC did with Doc Emmerich talking about the fact now that it's been a month since we last had NHL games, and he gets into what he has seen at this point, how he's been reacting, what he's hoping for when the league returns. Really poignant and powerful stuff. I'll give you guys a taste here, but I recommend you YouTube Doc's Dream and watch the entire thing. It's it's fantastic. But my dream is when all of us who travel and eventually get to a TV truck, or maybe we get to an announce booth for that long-awaited next game, 
And we look down at the start and the players are lined up on the blue lines and the lights are down and the spotlights are on. There will be a moment of silence, perhaps in an arena empty, and then a ceremonial puck drop that will involve a doctor or a nurse or some other hero or a virus survivor or sadly a virus victim's family. And then that heartening applause if there are fans or stick taps by the players reserved for those who have sacrificed in a way that has nothing to do with sports. So yeah, YouTube doc stream and you won't be disappointed with what you find in that video. There's a couple shots of Sharks fans and one of the guys lining up last year for the anthem in the playoffs that shows the entire arena lit up at SAP Center and it had me thinking of a different, better, and easier time in American society and just a year ago seems like a decade ago. And beyond the poignancy of this message from Doc Emmerich and NBC Sports, I just am a huge Doc Emmerich fan. Obviously, my dad, far and away, is my number one influence in terms of my own play-by-play -play work, but a far distant number two in terms of guys who influence me is Doc Emmerich. His passion, his vocabulary, his sense of the dramatic, the theatric nature that he brings to his broadcasts. I always try to remind people that it's entertainment and you need to entertain your fans. And we're, listen, I mean, we're so blessed in the Bay Area to have as many fantastic play-by-play -play broadcasters as we do. The fact that we have both Dan Rusinowski and Randy Hahn on our television and radio broadcasts in the Bay Area Again, we're, we're spoiled. You're lucky to get one broadcaster of that caliber in a market. We look at Randy, we look at Dan, and you go out into the other sports in the Bay Area, you talk about your John Millers and your Ken Korax. We're just, we're spoiled in the Bay Area. I like it that way, but I hope you all recognized how spoiled and lucky we are. All right, we have three great guests today on the show, and we're going to start out interviewing two of them at the same time. They played together at UMass. And now Mario Ferraro is looking at his former roommate, John Leonard, having signed with the San Jose Sharks, and they now join me on Morning Tide. Guys, what's going doing on? Well, How you doing? doing very yeah, well. Yeah, no, I uh, – by the way, Mario, I'll start with you. You were doing some uh, some workout videos, uh, putting them up on social media. Are, so how is your, your gym access? I know you said you're back in Toronto right now. Are you, uh, do you have a home gym? Like what, what's, what's the uh, status of, uh, of gym life there and trying to be able to get on a rink or do anything like that? Yeah, it's not easy. That's for sure. Um, obviously everything's closed down. Uh, I'm sure it's the same everywhere, at least for most places. And, uh, so my gym that I usually uh, go to in the summer is, is not accessible to me right now, but I'm pretty used to doing a bunch of stuff at home and, and, uh, you know, making, making use of whatever I've got. Uh, obviously if you've seen the video, it's, it's all body weight stuff without any, uh, sort of equipment. So that's kind of what I've been doing. And we've had a, a lot of help from the sharks sending us programs online over email. So they make it easier as well to, to stay in shape and stuff like that. Now, obviously the only limitation you really have is, is the ice. There's no, yeah. there's no ice right now, but it's the same way for everyone. And it's just something we got to get through and, you know, uh, we're willing to do so as long as this, uh, gets better. So. Uh, yeah, we're just making making the most of what we got here at home, and and uh, I've sure been been doing my best at that. 
And, John, what about you, man? I mean, some of the biggest news of your life comes at the exact same time as the entire world is, you know, shut down in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm sure that, you know, fitness has not been the mo- the biggest thing on your mind. But obviously, I'm sure that's something you're thinking about because now you've got this huge opportunity, but you're not able to do what you would normally do to get ready for this huge opportunity in your career. Yeah, uh, similar to Mare, I've been, um, you know, doing home workouts and all that kind of stuff. and. Thanks to the youngest of plugs, I uh, you know I have a few that I can work on, and uh, like Mayor said, their uh, their strength coach also sent me um, some workouts along with the other guys that go to camp. So um, you know, very fortunate with that, and I have a little setup in my basement that uh, you know I'm able to use right now, and it uh, it's getting the job done for now. Nice. And then in terms of like without the ice, are there are there stick handling drills, little stuff like that, like you guys can do? I know I've seen the ones of people on the balance boards on uh, a little wheel, and they'll kind of be handling something, but I mean, that's that's almost reaction as much as it is anything that really replicates being on the ice. Yeah, it's like Mayor said, it's tough to get on the ice right now, and um, I'm shooting pucks in the driveway, stick handling in the basement, all that kind of stuff that you know, you do as a little kid that, um, you know, you can do anywhere. So I'm just doing that kind of stuff right now, and it's uh, it's getting the job done. Now, in terms of, you know, what's next for you guys, uh, Mario, I'll go with you, man, because you have played uh, an abbreviated first full year in the NHL, and we're all hoping that things can maybe come back. We don't know how it would be. It could be just the playoffs. It could be whatever it is. But where are you, where are you assessing your game after close to a full year in the NHL? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm looking at all the things that, you know, I, I did well throughout the year, and then I'm looking at the things that I can improve on. Obviously, that's the mindset you got to have moving forward. Uh, it's unfortunate that it was cut short uh, near the end of the year, but it is what it is. Overall, I think that um, I did a lot of good things, but there are some eye-openers um, in terms of being the first, having the first year under your belt and, you know, getting used to some things out there and, and things that you can improve on, which include just – being consistent throughout the season and, and keeping your body in good shape mm-hmm. and uh, just being ready to go, being ready to go against real skilled players um, that can play hard offense and, and uh, you just got to be physically ready. And uh, those are just a lot of things that, that I can, I can take from last year moving forward. Um, but overall, I'm very appreciative, very fortunate to have, have had the opportunity that I did this year to play alongside you know, great players and, and to play for great coaches. So uh, they, they've taught me a lot throughout the year. They've given me a lot of, um, of pointers that I can take into this off season. And uh, obviously, this year isn't over yet. Uh, there's a potential that it comes back, and if it does, uh, it's just, again just another opportunity to to continue to improve. And Mr. Leonard, for you, um, where are you viewing your game right now as you're taking this potential next big step in your career? You get signed by the Sharks. How are you viewing your game? What are you looking at that you need to work on? Obviously, don't give up too many trade secrets, but where are you Where are you focusing on as you, as you get ready for the next cycle of hockey? And at this point, we don't know when exactly that's going to begin, but we, we assume it'll begin sooner rather than later. Yeah, uh, hopefully it begins sooner than later, but... Um... I'm, as for my game, I'm just trying to work on my skating and my conditioning, and that was a big focus of mine this past summer was being able to, you know, play a lot more um, in a lot more situations than I have in the past, and so that's going to be something I'm working on this summer, and uh, something, the biggest thing that I'm going to work on is my stride, and, you know, that, that was a big focus for me last year in the fluidity within it, so that's, some, that's a big focus for me this summer. Yeah, and, um, you know, as you now look at, 
you know, playing with a guy that you know very well in Mario, is it is it interesting to have watched him in year one of his career and be like, oh, I, I see things that have improved in his game, or I see something that I know he was working on previously in his career? Is it weird to watch a guy that you know so well take that next step into the NHL? Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird, but it was awesome. Um, I lived with, um, you know, the other guy that uh, roomed with us last year at, at UMass, so um, we watched as many games as we could, and it was awesome to, you know, watch him on TV, and, um, you know, when he scored that first goal, we were all going nuts, and it was awesome to watch, and, uh, yeah, it was a blast. Mario, Thanks, what, ab- <laughs> what about you? Um, upon finding out the news that John was going to be signed, did the team talk to you about his game at all? Did they ask for your opinion, or did they just say, "Hey, we're we're bringing on a guy that you know you happen to know pretty well"? I was fired up. I was, <laughs> I was fired up. No, I uh, no doubt. I had no doubt um, it was going to happen. Uh, I know John. He's he's a great player, and he's played great 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 hockey in college uh, in UMass on um, the team. You know, that team really needs him, uh, really needed him. And uh, when we were there, we made it to the Frozen Four, and he had a big impact on that too, so it's no surprise. And, uh, you know, the scouts, um, they uh, they don't need, uh, in my opinion, they know what they're doing. So they, they know, they, they knew right away once they drafted him that uh, they had a heck of a player in him. So um, as much as uh, they knew what I, I would have had to say about John regardless. Um, but, uh, no, they, they made a great uh, great choice, and I'm, and I'm excited. I was super pumped. So – uh, let's let's get into the nitty gritty. Having previously lived with each other, uh, John, what's what's something embarrassing or funny you can share about Mario? Oh, <laughs> uh, it's, it's like dinner plates, man. It was like you saw an open net. <laughs> um, I don't know. The biggest thing is his uh, his diet. I guess the guy's just always eating. Um, he'll he'll take food off your plate. He'll, oh, you know, he'll, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, like I said, he likes to eat, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Nothing too crazy. He's just a clown to be around, and um, never a dull moment with him for sure. And Mr. Ferraro, uh, same question you directed to John. Oh, uh, I don't know. He kind of threw a shot at me about the food, but I will agree with him. I de- we definitely do have our we have our moments of food. That's for sure. <laughs> um no uh we he uh i don't really know this is a tough question because john was kind of like he was like our i don't want to throw him down because he was our mentor he drove us around everywhere me and botso <laughs> so he helped us out quite a bit but i'd say we we used to call him um the most unorganized guy in the room dirty what? Room, dirty room yeah that's <laughs> Not even walk, close. You would walk into Marco Bozzo's room and it'd be neat and be done up. Everything's neat. And then John still keeps his stuff clean. But, you know, it's it's just not on par with me and Bozzo. So that's one that I'll say. You have to realize, for everybody that isn't seeing the video I am, like, John is completely clean-shaven, looks like he's ready to go somewhere. Mario is very disheveled-looking right now. So, like, this – and there's, there's more stuff going on in his background. So the juxtaposition of that comment – we're all laughing at, but uh, uh, yeah, just life without sports. Uh, John, I'll start with you, man, because I know that you probably dig more than just hockey. Like, it's not just not hockey that's taken away from your life. I'm sure you watch like every other sport, like me. Like, how are you handling now a life without sports? Yeah, it's definitely um, you know different with everything going on. Um, not as much things to watch on TV. Come from a big basketball background with uh, you know my family, so um, that's usually something that's on TV a lot. So. Uh, a lot more movies going on, some TV shows, um, you know, stuff like that that, you know, will keep you busy at 
nighttime and uh, playing a little bit more Xbox there too. Nice. So. <laughs> what about you, Mario? Uh, like I was saying, like we all we're all used to having sports on. Like me, like if I'm making dinner, I usually have a game on, or if I'm outside, got a game on. Like it's just it's what I do when I'm not even even when I'm not working in sports, I still am around sports. So how's it for you, man? Like just take it away. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Like you said, like like even like John said, like with the basketball thing. I'm a huge ball fan. Like I I watch a lot of LeBron James, and like nice. this is the time of year where I'm getting hyped up because you know <laughs> coming to playoff season, coming to playoff season, and he's uh, I want him to chase another chip. But um, no, it's weird. Other than that, though, like I'm, I think I've been keeping myself pretty busy outside of sports, uh, as most uh, sharks fans know like I'm, I'm a huge youtube guy so i'm watching a lot of youtube or making videos and nice. stuff like that so i have fun with that or even like netflix like john said a lot of a lot of movies i'm playing a lot of board games and, and uh card games with my family too so a lot more bonding time that's for sure less time <laughs> yeah. on the screen and watching uh sports but a lot more bonding time and and definitely more facetiming with uh, friends and stuff. So are, are you talking much with the, the Sharks guys? Like, I don't know. Like, it seems so weird because, like, you guys spend so much time with each other during the regular season that, I don't know, it's like you would want to take a little bit of a break, but it's not a break under normal circumstances. It was like, all right, we're putting this on pause. Everybody go your separate ways. Yeah, so it was a weird, like, it was a weird way to just kind of separate ourselves from each other uh, just that quickly, right? But – no, we keep in touch. Um, we're keeping in touch pretty well. Uh, like I said, like we're, we're a team. So, you know, obviously uh, I miss the guys. I miss being the guys and competing, but also just hanging out with them and outside the rink and stuff like that. So it's different. It's a tough time right now. But, you know, I've gotten a few phone calls from uh, Jumbo here and there. Nice. So keeping each other in the loop, and uh, it's nice. Now, uh, John, do you know any of the guys? Have you had any chance to interact with the guys that are on the Sharks and the Barracuda? Do you know, have any connections to those guys beyond Mario? Um, not as much, obviously, but, um, you know, a few guys I met at camp, um, some guy that plays for the Barracuda and some other draft picks. So nice. a little bit of interaction, but you know, not a lot. Yeah. It seems like a, a, like, obviously I know the sharks better than I know every other franchise in the NHL, but I've been around pro sports my entire life. My dad was a sports broadcaster too, still is. And like Mario, like you can back me up on this. Like, it seems like there is very much a familial feel within like the sharks. Like and they want it to be more than just like a, a collection of players. Like they want it to be like that family feel. Yeah, no, that's what you, I think that's really important in a team. You gotta, you gotta have a, a strong bond and a tight knit group and, you know, starting not just in the players, but in the staff, um, the management, uh, the coaches, everybody, you know, really respectful, really top high class. And that's what you need in, in uh, a National Hockey League organization. And uh, I'm very fortunate to have been accepted and, and be a part of it this past year. Uh, so it's a, it's a really great organization, you know, that that it's a privilege to be a part of and, and compete for. And uh, we have uh, we have something special here. Uh, obviously, success-wise, it wasn't uh, the best year so far for us, but um, you know we use it to, to our advantage to help us improve and get better and better, and and uh, we're excited for for um, the more hockey to come. Nice and John, do you want to embarrass Mario anymore while you've got the hot mic? <laughs> no, there's uh, there's not too much embarrassing stuff with him. Just, uh, just he's just a clown. Right on, guys. Well, I appreciate your time, and we'll do it again soon, all right? Thanks, All right, thank you. All right, take it easy, guys. Stay healthy. Great conversation with Mario Ferraro and John Leonard. Uh, Love hearing those guys interact with each other because you can totally tell that they are 
good friends. They've got the roommate vibe going on. They are bros, as we would say out here in California. Um, yeah, I just got a kick out of it. They were completely and totally uh, like nothing had changed and just acting like they were uh, roomies once again. I, I thought it was hilarious. And it was fun talking to those guys, seeing their reactions. And one of the things that I really look to is that you like the idea of these guys getting along. And I talked about it with Mario, the the way that these guys, they do act like a family within the Sharks. It is more than just laundry. It's more than the sweater. It's more than the logo. And that's what you see from the top down with Doug Wilson, uh, with the way that the, the, look at the way the coaching change was handled this year. You know, Pete DeBoer, you know, meeting up with Bob Bugner when the meeting goes down, they're sitting there talking about things, having a beer. That is unique in sports. That doesn't happen everywhere else, and that's just the mentality that's overall fostered with the Sharks. That doesn't happen elsewhere, in my opinion. Now, it might happen at a couple other places, but it's not the norm, but it is unique in what the San Jose Sharks have going on, and I think it's one of the reasons why they've had such long-term sustained success there is that I mean you go you you talk about other organizations in sports that have had long-term success the 49ers the Patriots there was a responsibility there was a level of commitment there was you know there's the Patriot way there was the Super Bowl or bust mentality of the 49ers there was what was going on with the Bulls in the 90s there I mean that you just talk about these great sports franchises and you look at long-term sustained success and you recognize that there's more than what happens on the court of play or on the ice or in the field. It is beyond that, and I think the Sharks exemplify that exceptionally well. And I'm excited to see what John Leonard can bring to San Jose, whether that's with the Barracuda, whether that's with the Sharks, watching his career develop, having another personality, a character guy, I just, I look to that above all else, and I'm glad that uh, he has been signed by the San Jose Sharks, and now we can see what's next for his career. All right, we're not done with the interviews. Let's go back out to the phone lines. All right, we now have joining us on Morning Tide, the official morning show podcast of the San Jose Sharks. It is Brinson Pashnuk, of course, just signed a deal with the San Jose Sharks organization. He is chilling in Arizona right now where he's coming off a very successful career as a Sun Devil at ASU. Brinson, what's going on, man? How are you doing? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. Just, uh, you know, relaxing with my wife in uh, our apartment. Just went grocery shopping and and clean the place up so we don't really have anything else to do for the rest of the week. (laughs) Now, I'm going to ask you right off the bat, man, like being an athlete at ASU, like I may have – traveled to visit some friends at ASU when I was a younger man um, and ASU is known for its its lively nature so how hard was it to be an athlete <laughs> at ASU because I'm sure on the one hand you're like I don't know like all my friends are going to go shotgun beers in that bathtub but I need to keep my weight in check I need to be in good sh- in good shape so so how, how did you uh, handle those uh, the the, uh, the many options provided by Arizona State? No, it was uh, it was honestly easy because one like Arizona State is in my mind like the best university in the world. I wouldn't know uh, who who wouldn't want to come here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, I had a lot of friends with other athletes, and it's a really big athlete community here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love it here because you you go practice and and you do your work and you you put your four hours of weights and and practice in. But then after that, you you have a life 
beautiful weather sitting at the pool doing homework you know uh, getting a tan on so uh <laughs> it, it was awesome man yeah dude that whole scene out there is is fantastic and but i gotta ask you as you came from alberta like what was your first reaction to like the extreme heat in the fall time like i imagine <laughs> it's fall in your first year and it's 115 degrees out but then like within an hour one of those monsoons can move in and just drench mm-hmm. you like so like in terms of going from like one area of weather which is like much more normal to getting into the area around asu which is like you, like i said you can go from 115 degrees to like in the downpour in like 30 minutes yeah it was uh it was crazy it was such a culture shock with everything but especially with the weather i mean I was always a guy who you know grew up hunting and fishing and in that cold weather ice fishing hunting and in minus 40 um so I always thought that I would love the snow my whole life but <laughs> ever since coming to Arizona um, I never want to go back to the snow I, I love the sun now but I'm still not used to the summers here I don't know how anyone can be when it gets uh, 110 degrees like I really don't uh, know how people can go run outside and that stuff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit different uh, than being inside a, a rink where it stays nice and cool um, yeah so like let's let's talk a little bit about your game you are a defenseman but you are very offensive in the in the best way it's a very weird statement to say but uh, you offend <laughs> extremely well so you know let's talk about that because there's there's almost a, an undercurrent in NHL circles these days or in hockey circles like that they're they're over the defensemen that put up the points and they want to see the more the classic return to a defensive defenseman but I'm like why not have the best of both worlds and have guys that can put up both because watching the Sharks you have guys like Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and doing their thing and it's like I, I fail to see the problem so I mean let's let's talk about how your game developed into one where you do have this ability to put up points but you're obviously a, a very good just pure defenseman as well. Yeah, no, um, for sure. I, uh, I think it started to really, you know, develop in juniors. I, I was always a guy who going into juniors, I was like, okay, I'll just put up a bunch of points and, um, hopefully that'll just get me to keep moving on up levels. And it was my last year junior and my junior coach was like, Hey, Brinson offense might, you know, get you to the next level, but defense is what's going to keep you there. So I really took that to heart, but I went to college and, you know, I had, uh, I put up all these points the years before, so I think I focused so much more on that. And my first two years in college, I think it was minus 15 the first year and minus 16. Um, and after that, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm done. You know, I need to learn how to play defense. So my junior and, and senior year, I really focused on learning how to defend properly. Um, I think I was plus 25 last year and almost plus 10 this year. Um, and I was still able to contribute uh, almost more offensively by having good defense because it can really try and break some stuff up and jump up on the rush. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've really worked on, on that defensive side, but not uh, taking away the offensive side of my game either. So in terms of making those drastic improvements, or, you know, you're flipping 25 points from minus 15 to plus 10. Like, was that – were you not over – were you overcommitting before? Were you gambling too much? Did you have to be more conservative in terms of how you were looking at things? Like, how did you – take those steps to become the, the better defender yeah I think there was there was a couple reasons why um I think the first one was I was just like over committing trying to create offense I was I was jumping out like jumping up on the rush before the puck's even broken out of our zone you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I was more worried about offense so that was that was one of the biggest thing I uh I really had to fix and then um 
before that, I, I had a really bad stick. Um, I kind of tried to be more physical and, um, I would just tire myself out in the d- defensive zone in 10 seconds because I'm just trying to, um, like really get physical with guys. So actually it was at development camp last year when, uh, Doug Wilson Jr. helped me a lot with my, with my stick and to just poke at it and instead of swinging at it. And, and that made such a huge difference. And it's really helped me be able to play, um, that many more minutes a night because I can really, um, almost conserve more energy doing it that way. It's, it's interesting. Like, I often wonder about those little things that somebody points out that you maybe haven't looked at before. Like, as you, because there's, I mean, you've put such a solid base to your hockey foundation at this point. Like, I always imagine, like, that there, it's not like nothing's going to rock your world at this point in your career, but then somebody does come in and make some small adjustment. Like, I'm sure there were things that your, your head coach, Greg Powers, said, like, oh, do this. And it's not like it's some massive you know, transformation, but the, it's refining those little things at this point that are hopefully allowing you to take the next steps in your career. No, exactly. It's it's crazy to think about because, like, you spend so many hours a day at the rink, so you think, like, you should know how to do everything. Um, but then one person, like like Powers or, or Doug Wilson, um, you know, they just give you one little tip, and it's like, why have I not been doing this the whole time? Um, like, how, how did I not know this? Um, so it's almost like, Sometimes the answer is way more simple than you think, and it can make the biggest difference in the world. Interesting. And, you know, I'm, I'm curious right now, as you're in Arizona, I know they don't have a firm shelter in place like they do here in California, but are you are gyms open? Are you able to get to a rink at all? Like, how, how is that for you guys in Arizona right now? Yeah, um, I uh, it's kind of an interesting mix of things, but I do have, like, a, a, a little mini, mini gym in my wife nice um and then i do have some like uh just individual ice like just me uh once in a while um so that that's really good i can keep my game going you know and not lose it all in, in the who, however long this is gonna be so yeah, i'm really thankful for that stuff and and my wife loves to hike so she's always dragging me along on hikes nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like i just like for me I'm a, I'm a sports broadcaster and i've been around sports my entire life my dad sports broadcaster as well and semi-retired and he still is um but like this whole world without sports man like how are you reacting to it like i'm guessing that you love a lot more than just hockey like i'm you know like i I don't know many people who just like one sport so you know from the obvious of this you know limiting your you know whatever is going to happen with these next steps in your career until things get back going again like are you know like were you getting ready for the nba playoffs or major league baseball season are you a big golf guy or tennis like where, where you know, or is it all of these things for you that you're all like yeah i should be watching this right now but i'm not yeah there's i'm i'm a huge uh baseball fan i love watching baseball i played for most of my life and i i still do play a little bit in the summer times um so yeah i would always you know at night in the evenings i would always and you know, I'm a big Toronto Blue Jays fan, yeah. so I would always watch most of their games. Um, but I was also really looking forward to um, watching the Olympics. Yeah. I, I love Summer Olympics. I think it's one of the coolest times um, every four years. So, yeah, it really sucks. So, yeah, Netflix has definitely taken uh, up a lot of my time now and, <laughs> you know, play a little bit of Call of Duty and stuff like that. Just trying to fill that time. Yeah, man, like that's the that's the craziest thing is like you're trying to figure out like how are you going to fill this time? Like cause that was the thing is like I was like, oh, 
I really do watch a lot of sports. Like even if I'm not always like sitting down and watching the game, it'll be on in the background as I'm yeah. making dinner or like something to that effect. Or like I'll be listening to game. Like I have a garage gym that is now like the best investment I ever made because like all my buddies are like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So like uh, I am ahead of the curve, but <laughs> I would often have a game on in there, like listening to it while I was doing that stuff. And like now it's just all into the void so yeah like you said like netflix call of duty other things like that so you brought up netflix so i gotta ask did you did you watch tiger king i've watched like four episodes of it i'm, I'm having a hard time finishing it it's i think it's a little uh, bit it messes with your head man. it's so weird i don't know i don't know how that i don't know how that show got so popular so fast <laughs> Yeah, uh, dude, that's because because nobody has anything else to do because they're no, no I know. <laughs> so, um, you know, like life in Arizona, like you said, you're a baseball fan. So, would you have normally gone out to spring training games and like Diamondbacks games and stuff? Yeah, I I love going to Diamondbacks games. I think I'm I just take like a little light rail. It's like a, a 25 minute little light rail ride to yeah. to the stadium, and you can get really cheap tickets um, for decent seats and. Yeah, I would love going there, and especially afternoon games. I love going to watch afternoon games and, and just relaxing like that. So, um, yeah, like I said, I guess Netflix will, will do for now. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. So I guess, well, I've still got you. Um, you know, like I said, we're all waiting for things to get, you know, relatively back to, to normal so that, you know, sports and, you know, obviously people's health comes first. But, you know, your career is, you know, kind of in this weird point right now where it's like, You've had this huge news come down, but it comes in the middle of this, you know, global pandemic and you're just kind of waiting. So, I mean, like, are you like, are you looking at yourself and saying like, okay, like once I do get back on the ice, I need to focus on A, B or C, or I need to eliminate this weakness or I need to do this, that or the other thing. Like, is there, or are you just saying, Hey, this is an opportunity for extended rest that I may have not been afforded otherwise. Like, how are you viewing this, you know, odd hiatus? Yeah, I I would say I'm probably more towards uh you know the second part you said just like kind of an extended rest and because I really did have a long season this year we started in in July we took a trip to China and played a tournament there um so we've been full force for for a long time um but you know I'm still staying in shape and working out every day and stuff like that but um yeah you know it's just a like I just keep thinking like I, I really can't complain um, about everything going on because there's people literally battling for their life in this this pandemic. So there's there's so much more to life than um, sports. You know, people's lives are on the line. So I better do everything I can to to make sure I help out in that by by staying home and complaining just gets you nowhere. So I'm just kind of taking it day by day and um, trying to you know I am staying in shape and just looking forward to what's to come. Yeah, awesome, man. I think that's the right uh, opinion to have, and uh, we're kind of, uh, you know, we're all stuck in it until things, like I said, come back to a relative sense of norm. But, well, Brinson, I'll let you go, man. I, again, I was uh, stoked to talk to you, and I was excited for you when I saw the news come down. And like I said, hopefully um, we can do this again and you know, in a, in a future where we're talking about your play on the ice. I think that's what everybody is uh, hoping to, uh, to get into next. But, you know, like I said, we're, it's just the, the unknown hiatus now. We're all kind of waiting. But, uh, again, thank you very much for your time, man, and uh, I'll bug you again soon, all right? Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me. Look forward to it. Brinson Pashnuk, everyone, one of the newest members of the San Jose Sharks, and he had himself quite a career as an ASU Sun Devil. And like 
John Leonard, who we heard with earlier alongside his former roommate, Mario Ferraro. These guys just seem like good dudes, quality and character guys, which is, of course, who you want representing your franchise. And I had a great time talking to all these guys, the young talent that hopefully will represent the future of the Sharks in the years going forward. But uh, yeah, as always, uh, we're going to try and keep you abreast of everything that's going on with the Sharks. And we know there aren't games happening, but there's always other stuff that we can get into. If you have questions you'd like me to get into, hit me up on social media. At Ted Ramey Media on Twitter is the easiest way to do so. And remember to take advantage of this situation that we might never see again. You don't have to tell yourself that you've got to learn a new language or start taking care of everything that you've putting off for years. If you just want to rest and relax and watch and listen to replays of older games and just chill out, if that's what keeps you healthy, by all means, do what keeps you healthy. I am not here to tell you to suddenly because there's no uh, the business is not as usual that you suddenly have to turn into a dynamic producer Whatever makes you happy, whatever keeps you healthy, let's stick with that and build from there. So stay healthy, everyone. Stay happy. Always a pleasure to talk with you. Uh, it was great talking to Mario, John, and Brinson. A big thank you to those guys. And, of course, to you for tuning in, as always. And, of course, the San Jose Sharks for making this podcast a reality. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey, signing off. 